What do you mean? Okay, I guess I am. <laughs> you just open it. Okay. I said, what do you mean at the beginning? Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I know I've already said this, but I want to say it to our vast audience that we have accumulated. Yeah. Um, I am very excited for us to talk about The Hunger. Right. Um, we finished it. <laughs> yeah. Well, are we not going to do updates on, like, other reading well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just like... Oh, you're just prepping I'm them. I'm just prepping them. So they know. Just just to let them know that uh, we will be talking about The Hunger in its full extent because we finished it. That's one word for it. But yeah, but uh, yeah, that's definitely one word for it. Um, but I think we can talk about uh, some new books that we might be reading. Okay. What are you reading right now? Um, well, right now I have um, started a... Uh, I guess sort of a reread, but not really reread because I've never finished the book. What would you call that? Um, I would say you're rereading it right now until you pass the place that you got the first time, and then you are reading it for the first time. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I am doing that. Yeah. With uh, Dune, I have. What's str- that about? Was that about? Yeah, I don't God, know. God, what is that book even about? There's... Okay, so, um... Dune is perhaps probably one of the most famous, um... Most, like, critically acclaimed, like, science fiction novels ever written. Um, it was written a long time ago by this guy named Frank Herbert. And, um... It's, uh... It's supposed to be really good. And they're making it into a movie. And I have thought that... Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> I just, you said it was <laughs> one of the most famous sci-fi books, and I have not heard about it until you started reading it. Well, what other, like, science fiction novels? That Frankenstein. Just... Is that even considered, I guess that is considered sci-fi. Yeah. But people would, most people Star Wars. Get... Star Wars isn't a novel, that's a movie. Well, you're right. So check me. Star Trek. That's a TV show. Well... Maybe it's a book series. You got nothing else. You got nothing else. Uh, while she's thinking on that, um, <laughs> uh, I, 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 like I said, I've, I've tried reading the book before, um, about a year ago. I got about maybe halfway through and I gave up on it. Oh, so you hate it. I, I wouldn't say I hated it. <laughs> I would say that my reading comprehension was garbage and I needed to be a lot better at, at, um, at reading, <laughs> at comprehending what I was reading, because the book, let me tell you, is not only thick because it has a lot of pages, wow, but it's dense, lots of information, thick and dense, thick and dense, lots of information. Exactly what you don't want your cake to be. Exactly, no. This is if if Dune was a cake, it would be a pound cake, right? Aren't pound cakes supposed to be really heavy, thick? I think you're just thinking that because it's called a pound cake. It's got to weigh a lot if they're using um, pounds as a measurement. No. How much is a... U- a ton cake is Is there heavy. such a thing as a ton cake? No, I just made that up. I wonder how much a, like an actual cake weighs, though. Mm, at least one ounce. Is an ounce a weight measurement? Yeah, it is. We're getting we're getting off okay. track here because Dune. I am rereading it. Um, I guess I should probably also say what it's about. Um, it's about um, this. Oh God, 
there's so, there's so much there going on. There, it, the main character is this character named Paul, and he has this like special ability where he can, I think, like look into the future or something. Okay, I watched a video on what it was about earlier yesterday. Do you yeah. want me to give it a go and see what you think? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I, want, I want to hear. Okay, from what I remember of this three-minute video I watched on YouTube, so obviously I'm the most knowledgeable person about Dune ever, um, Dune is a sci-fi novel set in the solar system, and basically... Not, not in the solar system, because well, it's like... Okay, okay. It's like a galaxy spanning, yes. yeah. Yes, some other place, not our solar system. But basically set in space, and so there are... Um, humans have... In typical sci-fi, you would think that it's, like, technological advances. But in this, it's really where the people have biologically evolved um, to the point of being able to do things that technology can. So, basically, they evolved biologically because there was a giant war with a robot species that, like, basically was as smart as humans and could do everything. And so, once they defeated the robots, they were like, never again. And so, they were... they be their persons, their bodies and species evolved to have different abilities. And so, like you said, some of them can, like, see into the future or do different things or um, whatever. And there's some that are, like, way more powerful than other ones, some that can act as, like, pretty much supercomputers and do a bajillion calculations in a single second. Mm -hmm. But basically, there is some, like, unrest in the, like... Oh, it's like a feudal medieval system where, like, different families, noble families, own different things and grow their empires. So it's Paul's family because he is the son of a duke. Yeah, there and it is. And his, his dad basically owns a planet, but the emperor of this, like, you know, galaxy-spanning empire um, gave them this planet called Araxis or Dune. Dune, yeah. Because, it's a desert planet. And it's... And on this desert planet, there's something called spice that's mined there. Yeah, and which helps them see into the future. No, it doesn't. It doesn't help them. It. it um, I just saw something about it. I think it uh, extends your life and it allows you to be like have better like reflexes and stuff like that. And it, it, there's like a bunch of benefits to it. Um, mm. And I think it's also. I don't know. I haven't. Okay, I haven't what I remember it, which it could I. Oh, this could be wrong. But I was pretty sure it allowed you to have your, like, powers. It, like, amplified your powers or something. Um, I think, no, because there was... It's basically, like, the most valuable resource. Well, yeah, all, all you need to know is that it's, like, it's basically, like, this is this plan is the only place where you can get it. So, like, Dune or Araxis is, like, the most valuable planet in, like, the whole entire, like, empire. And it's given to Paul's dad... And, but basically there's a trap that's laid there. And that's basically like the story is like, yeah, yeah, or at least like the beginning of it. I haven't gotten, um, super far into it, but, um, it's, uh, I'm second time I'm reading it now, since I've been reading a little bit more, I'm a little bit more prepared for it. And I'm like, I'm picking up a lot more stuff that I didn't pick up on right away last time I was reading, but still, oh my God, it's, they throw a lot of stuff at you. A lot of names and titles and words that I have absolutely no idea what it means. Like Mentat and Gabar and all these like very, which is really cool, is like Middle Eastern names because you don't really hear a lot of that kind of stuff in like sci-fi, which is kind of cool. Like they even use the word like jihad and stuff. I don't know. It's very like, interesting. it's very interesting and it's, I don't know, it's. 
You're it's enjoying hard. it. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm enjoying it okay. yet, but it's... I mean, people like it, so it's got to be good. And I'm uh, going gonna, gonna to try and finish it before the movie. Cause... So what made you decide to reread this? She asks as if she doesn't already know. It's because the movie's coming out. It, there's a movie coming out. It's going to be directed by my favorite director of all time. Um, so I know it's going to be good. But also, um, uh, I was invited to a online book club community that's specifically reading the book before the movie comes out. So I'm kind of hoping that being a part of this book club will allow me to better understand things, ask, ask questions, and um, get more out of the book than I would if I was just reading it by myself. When does the movie come out? It's. It was going to be November, and I think it's still set for November or December. But, of course, with, like, COVID, it can right. change at any moment, so. True. Interesting. Well, hopefully the movie's good enough where I can understand what's happening without having read the book, because... That's, yeah, that's... Director Denise, he's... If, if he, uh... If he pulls through... We'll see. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all the, the new books I'm reading. Um, how about you? Well, um... I forget what we talked about. I'm still reading the how, or so you want to talk about race book um, with my class and having good conversations. I started listening to the audio book um, and reading the book. And so I kind of get two passes over the material every time, Mm -hmm. which I think has been helpful. And um, I really enjoyed that. And the audio book is like, I really like the narration. So that's been good. Um, what else was I reading that I recently finished? Do you... I talked about it on this podcast. Huh. Um, I don't remember. I'm a little too far away from our... Bookcase to Bookcase to to go run over and look. But basically, all you need to know is whatever I was reading (laughs) from previous episodes, I finished it. I might have even talked about that in the last book. Or in the last podcast. But... Finish that. Just reading. So you want to talk about race. Just finished The Hunger, as we already said. Yep. And I'm going to be moving on to our next book. Which we will talk about after we are done talking about The Hunger. Ooh, so stay tuned if you want to know what we're going to read next. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Well, That's how hook, you're supposed to do it. You, yeah. you hook them in. I'm sorry if that hurt, but now you're hooked. Hey, Get it? Like a hook? Hey, yeah, yeah like... They're fish. Well, don't call them fish. They're probably more intelligent than fish. But they smell like fish. Okay, that's just rude. <laughs> um, okay, so maybe we should talk about the hunger. Yeah, I honestly, where do we even start? Well, I think we should start with what we each gave the book out of five stars. Um, and so I think we should say it on the count of three. We'll each say what we gave the book. Yep. Um, so one, two, three, two. Two stars, yeah. <laughs> two stars. I we honestly, both gave it two stars. I'm honestly kind of like, I'm shocked to see that we both gave it such a low rating. I almost gave it a one. I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> say I would give it a one, but, um... It was not even close to being a three. Let's just say that. It's, yeah, it was way closer to one than three. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely was a lot closer than, than a three. <laughs> um, I, 
Speechless. How? How? This book, I don't even want to say it had promise, because... It did! The beginning was okay. Okay, but before the beginning, we were both really excited to read this book. Yes, yeah, definitely. Which is surprising, because I, I don't really like historical fiction that much. Yeah. But, here we are. It really dropped the ball. I, I'll agree. Like, the beginning was... It was okay. It was pretty decent. Um, I think I, I remember talking about in the very first... Or second, our last one podcast. Where um, it set the atmosphere pretty well in the beginning. Yeah, I, I wasn't upset by the beginning. I mean, I think we had our qualms. Um, and you had more qualms than me at the beginning. But... Um, I didn't expect it to be this bad. It's all the way through. <laughs> um, I honestly, let's just talk about the very first thing that I think we could both agree on was um, a weak point in this book. Yeah. Oh, there by were, the way, spoilers. Oh, spoilers ahead. Oh well, yeah, we're gonna completely just. I mean, dive that's into every episode. Book. So every episode we're gonna be spoiling. Yeah. Um, I, I this is easily the point that I could say we both have major issues with there are way too many characters in this book too many characters too many storylines like come on why did we need to meet i think the like last time we met a new character was in the last chapter in the last chapter we were still meeting new characters i just remembered what remember that mormon girl she never showed up again. She so in the oh middle, my god yeah what happened to Lavinia in the middle of the book in this just one chapter like three pages they introduced <laughs> this like Mormon lady named Lavinia or something Lavinia like that. Murphy Lavinia Murphy she had that's, a whole chapter dedicated to her that's the only time she ever shows up and the chapter's not even interesting no like, the chapter was boring it was it, it didn't have it was talking about her backstory yeah but then she was only mentioned like once or twice or a couple times throughout. She was she was never substant substantively no. Whatever she never had significant parts past that chapter. Whenever she was mentioned later, it was literally her name. Like they were standing around the fire, Lavinia Murphy over in the corner with her boys, and then moved on. Like that's it. Like she didn't have an important part to the story. There was no reason we spent a chapter with her. And, I mean that was a big issue was that there were so many characters that did not play any sort of major part to the story so they weren't needed this book was just chaotic i would agree it was very chaotic there was too many characters it was hard to follow their storylines it was hard to follow their names or understand like when you needed to pay attention to people because there were it just was all over the place. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of goes into how it ended, which is the thing that left a very bad, sour taste in my mouth was the ending is very anticlimactic and um, what's the word? There was no payoff like, for any no, of the character yeah. stories. No, none. It was just they all died and then what's his name, Reed, came back and found some of the children and saved them. Oh, God, there's just so much. And some of the children, we didn't even know. Like, in the literal last couple pages, it listed some of the children that he found, and we had never heard their names, I'm pretty sure, 
prior to that moment. So it was like we weren't even invested in those kids. We didn't even know they existed. It's okay. Like I, there's just so much. There's so much. So let's just talk about like just the ending. Let's talk about the last couple of chapters because okay. I mean, we could fill up a podcast just talking about how absolutely just nutty the last couple chapters are. Okay, should we talk about everything before the ending, though? Well, um, I don't even know where to... That, I mean, we're, it's it's going to be just... It's like um, like a, a fishing wire, just getting all tangled up. Yeah. And it's like, you can't start in the middle. You got to start at the very end to pull it out. Okay, okay, you know, okay. to, okay. like, unwind this whole entire just sure. mess of Okay, let's wire. start there, then. Um, so let's start with um, the death of who I thought was the main character, Stanton. <laughs> I want to ask you something. Okay. What was his point? What, what, what part did he play in the story? Well, to be quite honest with you, I don't 100% even remember his death. How did he, he die? Okay, so um, everyone knows Donner Party. They get stuck in the mountains. Stanton was a part of the Donner Party. Him and a group of people left to go find help for the Donner Party. So it was like him and a couple other people, like six or seven people. Um, they're out in the mountains, um, and it's dark, and he gets attacked by, um, you think it's Wendigos, which is another thing we we're going to discuss, oh of God. course, trying to figure out what what these things are um but um stanton gets attacked and um oh god this is just reminding me of more stuff he gets attacked um and it turns out that the bites or getting like bitten by these things transfers this basically like disease mm-hmm. or curse yeah, that yeah. makes you into someone who wants to eat people yeah so stanton knows oh he shot himself he shot he shoots himself Oh, yeah, because he knew he was going to die. He knew he was going to so, die. Or he knew he was going to become a nasty creature, so Did, he just shot himself between the eyes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he... But he doesn't... It, it wasn't even like a sacrifice of, like, I'll hold them back while the group goes and finds help. No. Like, he just kind of just shoots himself. He doesn't play any, like, important part of the story. Because even, like, the girl that he, like, loved... um, What was her name? name was mary mary graves. mary graves uh she doesn't just she doesn't do anything either i think after like he kills himself and like she you know they you know they talk about how she's like really sad about it she <laughs> doesn't she doesn't she doesn't show up again yeah i mean that the rest of that party just basically slowly dies off i think some no some of them do make it back like they they make it out of the mountains who i de- i definitely remember that some of them did because the dad died he f- died in his sleep. That was George. No, no, no. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, whoever uh, dad it was died. Mary Graves is dad. I don't know. There's so many characters. I don't okay, know. Okay, so here, let me answer your um, earlier question about what part does Stanton, who we thought was the main character, play? Absolutely nothing. And that's that- what he does. He does absolutely nothing. And this is a common theme of, with a lot of the characters in this story is a lot of them are uh there's no point to them yeah except what i think we both agreed this book also does really badly is it's a lot of um how would you how do you phrase it um i don't remember i don't know what you're talking about it's like uh the it's like like misery porn oh trauma porn trauma porn thank you yeah yeah on that note like 
it seems as if there was a lot of different situations included in this book that had no real point to them. And they didn't need to be included. They didn't add anything to the story. It seemed like they were just in there for shock factor and to just throw as many like bad things as they could. So there was different storylines of, um, you know, someone being outed as gay. There was different storylines of incest or of rape or... Two incest two stories. Two incest stories. Um, there was also like stories of people like treating the in the native americans really bad and like there was just so much going on that it didn't even feel like any of the storylines were able to be developed any of the topics were able to be talked about or discussed and i don't think that the author added anything to any of those stories so like when she's saying the words and also like trigger warning for things we're going to talk about when she she specifically says faggot in the book and i don't think that there's any reason for her to be including that when it didn't add anything to the story we found out for a very short period of time that the one character was gay Mm -hmm. and then also later on she uses words like invalid and it's not even when referencing like it's at least when she uses the F word to describe this gay person, it is other characters saying it. That still doesn't make it the best use, but at least it's showing, like, you know, back then they were using those words and that was their feelings. But when she uses the word invalid, which for those of you don't who don't know, it's a discriminatory term to refer to someone as, um, and, you know, in a negative context and make it seem like someone who might have a mental illness or a physical handicap or things like that. It's a negative term to, to reference those people. And so people who are called invalids are you're when you call someone an invalid, you're basically saying like, Oh, what you can't even like have a healthy mind or a healthy body. And she uses that word, but it's not when characters are talking to each other. It's not a character who says it. It is her who says it to refer to one of the characters who isn't even, he doesn't even have a mental illness or a physical illness or anything going on. He just was like dying or couldn't help himself or things like that. And so it's like, okay, well, why did we use that term? Why are we bringing up all of these different situations when they're hardly talked about. They're talked about for a couple of chapters and there's no real development of the storyline or nothing added to the conversation of incest or rape or any of these things. I, and that's one of the things that, because I agree with like the invalid thing is that's, it was a very like, very questionable that she used that in that kind of context. Um, The storyline with, the gay character who was Reed um I didn't I wasn't too bothered by it because there were um some hints of it in the earlier chapters um with uh, Reed as a, a POV character um it does just kind of show up in the towards the uh the end of the book um it does play an important part to the story a little bit and um and because of it, it kind of makes Reed sort of the hero at the end of it because he is the one that uh, survives and um, was able to find a, you know, scrounge up a search party and help save the Donner party. 
Um, but it is very... Uh, it's just so underdeveloped. They could have done a lot mm-hmm. more with it that would have been really interesting and cool, but they, everything was just sort of rushed. Yeah. And like you said, very underdeveloped. Can I try to explain to you why I was so upset about Reed being... Like, in this story, Reed being gay. Sure. Okay, I think that it is a very popular narrative for gay characters in movies, TV shows, books. It's always them falling into these tropes of this trauma or being outed or being in the closet or, like, people wanting to kill them because they're gay. And I think that it is... Like, obviously, that does happen. That is a very real thing for a lot of people. But I think that it's problematic to continue to include those kinds of narratives in every story. Because a lot of times, like, granted, I will say that this story gave a lot more um, personality to Reed. That instead of just having his only characteristic or um, character, like, trait be that he was gay, it gave him other things which is helpful and good, but to just continue to show that Reed went through these negative experiences for no reason, like, it doesn't seem to me that it was, it added anything to the story, right? Because Reed, already, when they got through the mountains and he was leading people, the party was already really upset with him, and they took a long time to describe how much the party was upset with him and blamed him for their troubles in getting through the first set of mountains. And so they were all ready to, you know, kick him out as their leader or kick him out altogether of the, like, party because they were exhausted, they were fearful, and they blamed him for everything they were going through. So I think the tension was already there, for, and it wouldn't have been that insane for something else to happen or for um, the party to kick him out without the um, situation that happened between him and the guy, and killing the guy that was going to out him. Additionally, um, besides all of that, even if, you know, he was written to be gay and great, whatever, and, you know, it wasn't that, like, super horrific, he got kicked out of the party for other reasons, there is still the idea that at the end of the novel, he comes back to um, find the kids, which includes... His um, wife's daughter, so I guess it would be his stepdaughter, is in the group um, because he married a girl who already, already had, had kids. kids. Yeah, And the book was kind of one of the last narratives or topics it was talking about was how um, this love that he has for his family and his wife that carries him to go save them is better than the love that he had for this other character that we see in a flashback. So in one of the flashbacks, we see that Reed was involved with this, um, like, business assistant, and they, um, both of the men were, you know, dating and were having sexual relations and all these kinds of things. But it came to light that um, the business assistant was ripping off the company and stealing money from Reed. Now, the narrative, why I find that problematic, which, yes, I don't agree that that was, like, real pure love between Reed and this man because the man seemed like he was using him, the, like, business assistant, 
But I think that it pushed this narrative that I don't, I don't know. It pushed this, it seemed to push this narrative that, um, the love that like the relationship between the two men was flawed from the start and couldn't and didn't work. But instead what he should focus on, what Reed should focus on is the love of his wife and the kids that he's taking care of that he is using almost to like hide the fact that he's gay from people. And so that is where I think that narrative is problematic in that it's basically there was no positive aspect of Reed being gay. And it was just kind of like, if you're gay, bad things are going to happen to you. You're not going to find love. People are going to out you. You're going to kicked out, get kicked out of the party. But you can be a hero and you can be good and redeemable if you stick to loving your wife and kids <laughs> that aren't yours. Yeah. That is why I was upset about that. I, Long rant over. <laughs> I, can, I can definitely see that as an interpretation. And... Um, yeah, I can, I, I can definitely like see it being like that. How I interpreted it was that the theme of this book was that the real monsters aren't the crazy homicidal prospector, Wendigo cannibal things that are haunting you. Right. It's the people in your party. Of it's, course. It's, it's the regular people that are like your neighbors and stuff like that. Right. And I think that's what sh- this author was kind of going for with the whole entire read being gay thing is like here's this guy who um i mean he's just doing his thing he's loving whoever he wants to love which obviously should be fine and he was basically put on a death sentence because of that they exiled mm-hmm. him they were seriously considering executing him yeah but they were talked into just exiling him which would have been um it's a death sentence anyways but just much slower but it was because of his love of his his family and the the love that his kids share with him um and him with them that saved him because when he was exiled the next day um one of his daughters went out to him and snuck out to him uh, a horse and some some rations some rations and that's what saved his life um and i think that's what she was kind of going for and that's right. what i think she was trying to go for with the whole entire like and I, I, I don't ju- think she was specifically talking about the, the because I don't think the, the homosexual part was the main focus. It was that the love that he thought he felt towards this past um, person was more of, uh, I want to say like, like a, I guess like passionate. It was more passionate and not like what he was saying is the same love that he has for his kids, which is more of you would do anything for them and you would risk saving your life for them. Right. But I think that I completely agree with you. And I think that those moments are showing that, you know, the child bringing the food rations and the horse out to read was one of the very few instances of like this pure love and like selflessness that was happening in the party and that is what ended up being able to you know then reed was able to get out survive and then come back and save some of the people which includes the girl who brought him the his daughter who brought him the horse and rations and i think that you know it's showing that yes love can combat the hate and fear and evil that's inside all of these other people in the party but i think that it could still have done that even without the gay aspect. I think it's it's almost like an 
either way, like, it's still trying to reach the same thing. And I think using um, the gay aspect, I, I'm fine with it. I mean, it's definitely a trope. And it's, I personally think it's kind of a little bit of a lazy writing. I agree. But I wouldn't say that it's negative because it's pushing an anti-gay storyline because I don't think it is. I think it's just a, a lazy trope that the author used that is kind of like, okay, like, obviously the character's gay. He's going to be ostracized for it. He's either going to, like, get killed for it or he's going to get banished. Mm-hmm. Bad things are going to happen, but he's going to pull through and save the party, which is what happened. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I guess, I don't know how Alma Katsu, the author, identifies or anything, but it just seemed like, I don't know, like... If she identifies as straight and cisgender, it just feels like, you know, she didn't need to include it. And not saying that straight cisgender people cannot write about gay characters, but it just seemed like it wasn't fully fleshed out. And it seemed like it was a straight cisgender person writing a gay character or having a gay storyline. But anyways, beyond those issues that we had or didn't have um i think that we should talk about these dang supernatural creatures well, before i want to get to that okay. i want to talk about another character who this character i kind of liked i thought i liked him brian but again he played <laughs> zero part in the story the goofball the guy who cannot catch a break uh until he kind of does by eating a bunch of bugs um it's my man uh brian <laughs> um he does he survives oh god i don't he gets i don't oh god brian brian that's a lot of size <laughs> brian his storyline i would say is easily the worst i thought it was gonna be the best <laughs> it sucked it was the worst thing but ever. it turned out to be the worst um it could have been the coolest thing ever you have this academic nerdy guy stuck out in the forest in the mountains he suffers near death, but he's rescued by a bunch of um, Native Americans that are um, very friendly, which goes against a lot of tropes. They're very friendly. They're very um, open to talk about their experiences, experiences and yeah. their uh, customs. And they help him. They share tent and protection and food. Um, and And then he's like slowly unraveling this like dark secret that's like, if, if he doesn't, like, solve this mystery in time, the Donner Party is done for. Um, yeah, no, he gets, like, a couple of chapters, and then he's kind of forgotten. <laughs> like, all that his character was used was for Elma Katsu to just basically explain what was happening with the supernatural. All he was used for was we would jump to him and he'd be like, I think it might be vampires. I think it might be werewolves. And then, oh no, it's a disease. And then that was it. That's all we heard from him. Um, (laughs) Bryant, more like exposition int. Wow, that was clever. He's literally, (laughs) his literally his whole entire character and his storyline is just to spew exposition and to explain what's happening. And even though he gets pretty close to what I think the supernatural creatures are, or his, like, understanding really gets developed to being close, yep. it doesn't have any... Nope. Like, it doesn't help him nope. get back to the party. It doesn't help him save the party. Nope. It doesn't help him 
get out of the woods. Nope. We all we know is we literally ended um, by like his storyline by him going to a cave and being like, "Hmm, I think I was right," and then that's it. And then it turns out that he's been somehow sent. Okay, how is okay in the end? Um, yeah, how do these letters uh, get sent? Okay, so provide in, some context. In so like I said, Donner Party's stuck in the mountains. Donner Party split in two with the like Donner family being in this very small group separated by the main party. Um, Donner Party, the like Donner family or whatever, get basically murdered a bunch, and the only person that survives from that is uh, Tamson. Is that her name? Yeah, Tamson. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, from and the separation so, of the yep, party. So yeah, she yeah. escapes from the cannibal people, and she gets to the main camp with the main party, and she finds in this um, cabin a bunch of letters <laughs> from Brian. Um, the first thing I asked was, like, how? Where, where are these letters coming? <laughs> how are these letters being delivered from Brian? to the Donner part because it's literally him explaining oh watch out there's a disease like he this is when he's in the mountains figuring it out and there's no mail system no like people on horses just running letters around and if there was they would know where he is lost in the woods and they would have brought him somewhere and it's and there's no point to the letters there's no point to the letters it wasn't even that big of a shock factor it was like Tamsin figuring out like oh there's, we've known that there was a disease, but someone wasn't telling us, and it turned out that it was, um, well, that what's guy's his name? name. Um, I'm blanking out. It was on like his Kessberg. Name. Kessberg. Also, yeah, why Kessberg. the Germans got to be evil? I mean, I know they did kind of start both world wars, but <laughs> they were the, on the bad side of both world wars. I don't know what nationality <laughs> Almakatsu is. She. I actually looked it up. Her father is um, white, and he, his family has been in America for a really long time, I think. And he, um, him and her mom, who is a Japanese-born American, I believe, don't quote me, they both lived in Alaska, and that's where she was born. Oh, okay. So her mom was born in Japan, moved to America dad was born in america his lineage is white people yeah um yeah uh kesberg was like hiding these letters um for some reason and uh i'm like i'm getting like i'm getting tired of like i feel exhausted talking about this book because it's like you have to jump around because it's 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 literally a mess. It's whiplash. It's like whiplash. I said last time, the whole dang thing is whiplash. And the book is just also boring. It's not scary. <laughs> I think that's... I, okay, that should I be did, the main thing, is it's not scary. Here's the thing. I don't... I think it was the ambience and, ambience and the setting was kind of scary and some yes. of the like the tone was scary. It was not scary, it was unsettling and unnerving at certain parts throughout the book. So I I will say that even though we are tearing this book apart, I think Almakatsu did and I think it was to the detriment of the book, yeah. but I think she provided enough detail and like slow burn where there was a lot of moments that were kind of like 
creepy or where I got like a little bit of a chill or things like that. Just imagining being in those situations and the way she described the setting and the elements and the ambience in the like mountains and things like that. So I will say she did that very well. I do, I do think that her writing style for that was good, but I don't, but I think that it, she wasn't able to blend it with a good pace of the story with getting us going and keep reading and hooking us. Like there has been stories that I've read where they blend the two and they keep you hooked and keep you going, but also have that creepy like setting factor. But I would definitely say that her strong points are painting a good um, setting. Yeah, I was able to visualize every single time. Her Definitely her weak points, though, are characters and story beats. Yeah. And pacing. Yeah. Pacing is very off. There's a lot, lot of moments where, like, like, when they went into the mountains in Colorado, and then just, like, the next chapter, they're out of it. Like, oh, nothing yeah. Nothing really crazy happened. They were just out of it. Literally, a bunch of crazy stuff happened right when they were entering the mountains, and they were like... They met another party who was like, you'll never get through. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, next chapter, they were out of the mountains. And we were like, what? Yeah. Like, I thought stuff was going to happen in the Colorado mountains. But no, they were just out of it. And there was like, um, with, uh, at the very end, where it turns out that Kessberg was uh, killing people and feeding it to like the rest of the the party to help him survive. That was so rushed. And then the next chapter, epilogue, I was like, wait. But I kind of want to hear from Alitha. Like, yeah. wh- how, what's going on with her? Or all mm-hmm. the other people that are, like, surviving in, in the camp. Like, that's just rushed yeah, over. It, it literally was Alitha got trapped in the woods with Kessberg. Yeah. Almost got raped by him. Escaped. And then Kessberg shot the man she was in love with. The Native American boy that she was in love with. Yep. And then all of a sudden that was the last that we heard of Alitha. Yep. She was alone in this camp with Kessberg. And, I mean, other people, but without her, like, Native American, like, man that she was, like, really close to, I mean, and that was that, it. That's all that we... the creepy part? The that would have been so creepy. The creepiest knowing part of all the, of this stuff about him. The creepiest part of the Donner Party is that it's normal people eating other people. Right. And that part is skipped. And it wasn't even that... It it really it didn't show that there was evil in all of us. It showed that there was evil in Kessberg, and he was the one forcing people to eat other people without them knowing. Well, then that that kind of goes back to my point of it does show that people are evil because of the Hunter Reed situation. People turning on each other. I guess, but like her ultimate evil in this story was supposed to be this Bl- hunger, blaming Thomas, thinking that he has the hunger. Right, but like no one, no one else had. Like, no one really had the hunger unless they were, it was due to the disease or it was Kessberg. Which, actually, that was due to the disease, too, because Kessberg, apparently his family passes down this disease and spreads it to people. Like the smallpox of supernatural diseases. I Can we talk about the creatures? Let's, I just want to talk about the creatures, and I just want to forget about this book. Yep, that's, I would also like that. Um, I want to ask... What do you think these creatures are? What, what's your interpretation? Well, here's the thing. Because the thing is, is that um, Alma leaves this very open. Yes. For interpretation of what these Which I have are. feelings about. Yeah. So, from the very start, when we started, uh, when we read, like, the back of this book and read, like, the first couple pages, I was like, I think I said it in our first podcast. I was yep. like, are you kidding me? This is about Wendigos? How yep. does this keep coming up? Yep. But, um, 
So I think towards the end, I was like, this is werewolves or vampires. Or, I mean, werewolves or wendigos. I was leaning towards wendigos, and I was like, maybe she just um, has a twist or a little bit of different, like, characteristics of wendigos than I have typically seen in other supernatural, like, storylines. Yeah. Um, But, okay, then... Okay, so that's my thoughts. The whole time I was like, Wendigos. It's got to be Wendigos. It, this is too crazy. Like, what? It's got to be Wendigos. And that's where I was kind of at at the end. I was like, it's got to be Wendigos who can shapeshift into, like, these half, half wolf, half human things. Yeah. But I want to hear what you thought they were by the end. And then I want to... Say again for you and for the listeners what I found online that Alma Katsu had written about the supernatural element. So um, I want to say that I was also on the same camp where I was kind of thinking that this is probably Wendigos when I was reading through the book. And then there was a part, I don't remember what part of the book it was, but I, I dropped the idea of it being Wendigos and I thought, oh God, it's zombies. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be zombies. zombies. And I hate hated that idea like when i went because there was a part i think it was when tamson was with a bunch of girls um out in like these like grasses or whatever oh yeah they went to they atta- yeah and they attacked her and she like threw fire at them and yeah. stuff like that i was like oh <gasps> god this is zombies oh i didn't even think about that part yeah zombies like, and fire i was like god this is zombies i was gonna quit there because i was like i i refuse to read any further that they just added zombies to the donner party because i thought that was <laughs> stupid um but then i you know, kept reading and found that they were a lot more intelligent. They're almost like hunting like wolves and stuff like that. Um, and then from like, you know, hearing everything that Brian just magically found out about it being a disease, I think that's kind of my conclusion is I think it's just a sort of like, almost like a, a rabies sort of like virus that's like transmitted through bites, almost like zombies, but like they keep their like intelligence. Yeah, I was... But they just become, like, almost animalistic. Right, and so that's where I feel like it's more werewolf. Like, the lycanthropy disease... Except they like, don't... Like, passed through... But they, they're always hungry for flesh, and... Right, they and they're really, always, like, half and half. But they don't turn into... They're just people, but acting like animals. But it's said that they also kind of looked like wolves. They looked like a mix of wolves and humans. I think... It I did think say that. when the author was writing that, she's kind of explaining that they were acting like wolves or they were hunting like wolves or they were hunting in packs and they picked off like the weakest like wolves i i agree with you on that but i think there was also some descriptions that led to that because they were like they don't look quite human but they don't look quite animal and so that's where i was like okay they're like half and half i guess i don't know but okay so yes here's what alma katsu said online i'm gonna paraphrase because i don't want to pull it up um Here's what she had said. There was, uh, like, some kind of interview or something they did with her. So they asked her about that supernatural element. And she said that for this book, she researched um, and blended ideas and the myths about werewolves and wendigos together. But she ended that whole narrative of saying, oh, I blended pieces from wendigos and werewolves. She ended that by saying... Maybe it's Wendigos, maybe it's werewolves, or maybe it was them all along, and there's no supernatural element. And I would just like to say one word. Yep. 
bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Because I hated that. I think that it is lazy to say that it w- could be just them and there might not be a supernatural element, but write the book in a way that there is pretty concrete evidence that there is something following them. Like, I don't Wait, think... Wait, are you saying that she's saying that that was, like, all in their minds? Yeah, she's literally said there could be something following them, like a Wendigo werewolf, and stalking them and terrorizing them, or it could just be that they were evil all in themselves, and there was no supernatural. I think no that, like, the evil is in the, like, cannibals following them. No, th- no, she literally said, like... Or I'm go- fine. I'll pull it up. Oh no, no, you don't. I trust you. But like, that that's true. That's um, that's awful. That's why I'm like, she. If you want that to be the interpretation at the end, like maybe it's this, maybe it's this, or maybe it was just humans who were doing it. Like if you want that, cool. That's kind of fun. Leave it on that cliffhanger, whatever, for us to figure out and decide what we want. But then I think you have to put in some more time to the writing so that way it is, you know, that it could go anyway, which I don't think it could with this. The supernatural element was so strong. Those, there was so much evidence and so many encounters with the supernatural creatures that were following them or that they were turning into that it's BS to say that there was no supernatural creatures. Yep. It's uh, it's just she just wants to sound mysterious. She wants it to be so open that she uh, wants this book to be way deeper than she wrote it to it's be. It's not deep. This book isn't deep. No. It's it's surprisingly, which is funny. I think she wrote a different book called The Deep. Oh, that's that's ironic. I'm pretty sure. Honestly, um I don't think I'll read any of her books, which is really sad because maybe she might have a good book, but this just really just disappointed me and I don't know, just kind of set a bad tone for her. I think I would give her one more chance. Okay. That's fair. And definitely if she wrote a horror, like slow burn book that wasn't realistic fiction. Yeah. Or I mean historical fiction, I would definitely give that a chance. Yeah. Um, but I think that I did enjoy her writing style in the sense that well, of her I, vivid descriptions and I, I things want, that we talked about. I wanted to end this by, because we're obviously bashing on this a lot. Yeah, we're, we're just very negative, but I just want to ask, because we did give it two stars, not one star. Yeah. What was the one major thing that made you, what thing that you like liked from this book? I think it's exactly that, that like there were moments in this book that I did really enjoy and that I was like, flipping the page as fast as I could because I was like, ooh, what's going to happen next? Uh-huh. There was moments there, but they were sprinkled in between and you never knew when they were coming and it was very, like, out of... Like, it was just all over the place. But I think that, that there was moments where I was very invested. And I think that um, the writing style, like I said, she painted very vivid descriptions, which I really liked. And, you know, that's hard to do as an author to make the person feel like they're really, really there and can, like, I felt like every single one of my senses was being activated in the descriptions. Mm -hmm. Like I could smell what was happening. I could taste what was happening. I could hear it. I could feel it. Mm -hmm. Love that. And then the other thing that I really enjoyed, um, 
or not really enjoyed, but I see potential for, is that she had so many ideas and so many storylines that I think she's very creative and she has a lot of ideas and I would just like to see her flesh them out more. So this book to me almost seems, and I don't think it's the first book she wrote, um, but this book almost seems like it's a very like... um, a very lesser known author who is getting one shot to get go to a publishing company and publish their best work and they can't narrow it down and pick one single topic or idea to go throughout and they just shove as many of their ideas to get them out there as they can because this might be their only shot to ever publish a book. Yeah. Um, I do want to say that apparently they're trying to adapt this into a movie. Well, I won't be watching it. I won't be watching it. It's going to be garbage. Um, I will say the one thing I liked... Um, is that, um, yeah, her writing style was pretty good. There were some good, um, uh, uh, well-written parts that really nicely set up a setting that was, uh, creepy. Um, but I would say to kind of like not be the exact same as you, mm-hmm. um, I would say that there were some character moments that I liked, um, okay. and some chapters that I did enjoy and that I did like blasted through because it was really good right um a lot of the brian chapters a lot of the earlier ones i really liked i think his storyline was definitely the creepiest mm-hmm. and most enjoyable to read because yeah. he was a good character i, I wanted mean, to know more about his like his story or his like background of being a medical apprentice and hearing all these stories and investigating yeah. these creepy he was like the ed and lorraine warren of this yeah. little universe his his storyline was uh i mean even though it didn't go anywhere like some of the chapters were really well written and really good um and i'm I'm going against the grain with you but i actually really did like read storyline and i did like where it went i know you disagree with me i just threw up in my mouth and that's all right i respect your opinion but my opinion i think is that he had one of the more stronger i mean still pretty bad comparatively to other like good books but in this book I'd say he probably had one of the stronger um, character arcs and all that stuff that I liked. I thought it was fine. Um, But, uh, yeah, uh, I'm done with this book. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Is it cool if we don't talk about it anymore? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay. Um, I think there is one thing that I do want to say. Yeah. um, Because I was very... um, I was talking a lot about the gay storyline with Reed... Um, I don't want people to think like, who is this person who thinks that they can just talk about this and whatever. But uh, like, I, based on my own like situation and, you know, own feelings and identities, like I, I just don't feel like, um, my community was really well represented, but. See, that's fair. It's like, uh, and that's the thing with like, you know, a lot of books is you get two different, um, uh, perspectives and that's the fun thing with books is that some people get some other things from uh, different storylines I don't know what I'm saying I think I totally bundled up what I was trying to say basically like <laughs> two different up. perspectives and they're seeing a certain thing in a book in two different ways sure you might not think it might not represent the, the community in a positive light while I see it as I mean kind of historically like a uh, uh, well, I agree. Uh, it was accurate. historically accurate. Yeah. And it played into the themes that Alma was trying to write. Um, 
and that and it pulls the sympathies of of what we're feeling now where it's like especially in that sort of community seeing someone um be um uh what's the word uh outed not outed but like um oh my god i when, don't know what you're trying to say people are being discriminated discriminated against? thank you being discriminated are... against um, yeah yeah, it just plays into the theme that um, regular people can also be awful. True. Okay, but, okay. So we're done with the hunger. I am Bye. done with the hunger. Bye, hunger. Don't need her anymore. Very bad start to this podcast. Um, reading an awful book like that, but Sage, we might start. We might have started with a low. Probably, um, I would probably say almost one of the worst books I've ever read. <laughs> um, I would not say that. I but... have. I've. I've tried to pick out good books so um it's almost one of the worst books i've ever read um so we're starting we, we started at the low but sage we're flipping it we're going are we flipping the script we are flipping the script we are going to read what is considered one of the greatest horror novels ever written by one of the most famous authors in history um and probably almost one of my favorite horror movies of all time we're reading The Shining. Oh my Halloween. gosh, I thought you were talking about Halloween Town. Halloween Town is a great movie. <laughs> it's a great movie. Um, I can't wait to rewatch it um, at some point. But we are reading The Shining. Woo! For Halloween, for spooky season. Woo! Um, I have the That's book what in my started hands. this podcast. That's what started this podcast was we wanted both to read this book and we wanted to talk about it. And this was an avenue that we could do it. Woo! So... Because we definitely couldn't talk about it with each other just on our own accord. We had to have a podcast to do it. No, we're not going to give Stephen King a free pass here. Okay. You know why? Why? Look at the front cover of The Hunger. Okay. What does he oh, say? Yeah, no. Um, the Hunger... Oh, that's kind of weird that we're going with yes. the Stephen King book. But so on The Hunger, the front cover says has a quote. Deeply, deeply disturbing. And that was apparently what Stephen King had to say about this Honestly, book. Honestly, I think they cut out the quote a little bit. He was saying deeply, deeply disturbing. How this, awful it How was. awful this book is. Yeah. Um, but uh, we are reading The Shining, and I have the book in my hand, and I want to read some of the uh, everything okay. that's on the cover. I just want to say I'm also not giving Stephen King a pass because I have only... Oh, I've, I've started listening to the audiobook of, of it, it. Yep. and I really enjoy it, but I'm not... I'm not afraid to say negative things about Stephen King if I hate The Shining or it. So I will definitely we go. say that Stephen King. I I've never read any of his books before. Yeah. Um, but I've heard that he his highs are very high, but he does have a lot of lows. Um, he's not a perfect author, but um, wow, but this so is but this is considered one of his greatest books. Okay. Um, let's, so let's, let's do let's, it. Let's, let's dive right in. Let's dive um, right first, in. First off, at the very top, it says, number one, New York Times bestseller. Okay. okay. Stephen King, The Shining. Um, bottom, our first review from the Los Angeles Times. Los Angeles. Los Angeles? A master storyteller. Los Angeles? It says, a master storyteller. Okay. Honestly, I would agree. Wait, so they're talking about Stephen King, not about the book. No. Because honestly, okay. honestly, I think that's kind of clever. What do you, what more needs to be said about The Shining? The Shining is incredibly famous. It's like saying, um, uh, the Bible. 
very influential of our times. Like, it's like, well, yeah, no, duh. Like, it's a lot of people have read it, and it's obviously very impactful to our society, um, good or bad. There we go. Um, <laughs> we got a couple more reviews on the back. Here. Okay, hit me out. with it. Scary. <laughs> Serves up horror. Horrors at a brisk, unflagging pace. The New York Times. Um, next, we got... Um, this chilling novel will haunt you and make your blood run cold and your heart race with fear. By the Nashville <laughs> Banner. You sound pretty scared right there. I'm spooked. Spooked to your core. Yeah, don't even have to read the book. I'm already spooked. Um, we got guaranteed to frighten you into fits with a climax that is literally explosive by the esteemed Cosmopolitan. Why, why did they write that review also? <laughs> Why did they say that the climax is explosive? Oh my god. That's why they put Cosmopolitan back here. Is yeah. that that's really funny. Oh, it's too much. Um Okay, so I, what is I I mean I already kind of know what the book is about, but let's let's Yeah, let's read the synopsis yeah. on the back here. Jack Torrance's new job at the Overlook Hotel is the perfect chance for a fresh start. As the off-season t- caretaker at the atmospheric old hotel, he'll have plenty of time to spend reconnecting with his family and working on his writing. But as the harsh winter weather sets in, the idyllic, idyllic uh, location feels ever more remote and more sinister. And the only one to notice the strange and terrible forces gathering around the Overlook is Danny Torrance, a uniquely gifted five-year-old. Huh. Doesn't that sound spooky? Spooky ooky. You got everything in there. You got ghosts. You got old you got guys. S- old people. You got psychic kids. Yeah. And you got a creepy hotel. Wow. That's all I could ever want. And a true isolation story, unlike um, The Hunger. Well, you're not wrong. Um, I just want to say real quickly before we end this. Okay. I have a secret I got to tell. A secret? I'm, I'm ashamed. Why? I have started reading The Shining already. Well, um, I've read uh, about the first five chapters. I don't want to get into too much detail because I know you haven't read it yet. Yeah, you don't say a, don't say a single word. I will say this. First that off, sounds like a word. First off, it's good. Okay. I'm really enjoying it. I have been blasting through this. I'm glad. It's very fun. Um, two, it's creepy. That's all I'm going to say. It definitely has... It's... The writing style... And this book is way better than The Hunger. It's way creepier. Oof. And then three. Okay. I really enjoy the characters. Okay. Um, I, just from that first five chapters, I can already say that I'm going to like this a lot more than The Hunger. But we'll see. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I'll hold my tongue. And um, Red Rum. Hold my breath. Oh, Red Rum. Rum. Yes, that's where this is from. Red Rum. That's from the movie. Okay. I've not seen it, so. Yeah. Also, yeah. Movie's good. Uh, definitely see the movie. If you like, apparently, if you like the movie, you'll also like the book, even though they're two different things. But well, we'll see. We'll see. I'll be the judge of that. Yeah, I'll be the judge of that. Oh my! You know, why are you should, mocking me? We should, um, before we really get into this, uh, yeah. we should watch uh, the movie and then just kind of talk about the movie compared with the book. Ooh, but is the movie gonna give spoilers? Um. Do you really not know anything about this book? Like, what happens? Not really. I know it's a creepy hotel and there's kids. Oh, that's going to be exciting then. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, I don't want to watch we, the movie. We won't watch the movie then. Okay, great. 
I will talk about because I've seen the movie. I'll talk about the movie while we're doing. I don't know. We'll do something. But whatever. I won't okay. make you watch the movie. Okay. Um. Yeah. I'll watch the movie after, and then maybe we can do a quick update at the episode later. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh. So yeah, I'm next excited. Book, next book is The Shining. I'm excited. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Hopefully. Um. I think we're going to read this all the way through the rest of September into October, possibly ending around Halloween time. Yeah, we'll see. There's like 600 pages in this book or something, right? Um, it is. It is a very large book. Um. It has. Yeah. Like. About 650 pages. Well, but that font looks big. Yeah, the font is pretty big. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be good. Whoa! The Shining. The Shining. Red Rum. Okay. I think that's everything. I think, again, we just don't know how to end these, but... Well, um, that's okay. That's all right. Who needs an ending? Who needs an ending? I, we all know that Alma Katsu doesn't know how to end things. Ooh, <laughs> so we're very on brand with we're this very episode. On brand, yes. Okay, well, until next time, Cody. Until next time, Sage. Have I, fun reading. Um, and don't get too spooked. I am always spooked. Red rom. Oh my god. <laughs>